I understand you want me to spend more money and you want to make my life more complicated and turn on MFA and do all these things, but why? You're a propeller head and you're all excited about this stuff, but I don't see the need. Welcome to the MSS Network, your number one source of information for MSSPs, MSPs, and security architects. Insurance and today's MSSP. I'm very, very pleased to be here with Nathan Taylor, CTO of Machine Logic, long-standing speaker in the MSS series. How are you doing, Nathan? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Great to talk about this topic. And of course, in advance of a few events coming up, including the MSS Phoenix on the 4th of May. But insurance, a very timely topic, but perhaps one that not everyone have considered. Um, let, Let's start off with this. What is the problem we're trying to solve? Surely everybody has insurance. <laughs> yeah, you would think so. I mean, it's not quite like cars where, you know, you can get in trouble for driving around without insurance. You could definitely operate your business without insurance. But your most small, small, medium business and even the large businesses have some level of insurance, whether that's, you know, liability insurance and malpractice insurance, all these things. And cybersecurity insurance is one of those those riders that became very common in the last few years. Um, but it's gotten to be very complicated as well um, as as the standards have changed um, and as it becomes um, very complicated to apply for these days. It's kind of driving a lot of change, especially in the small and medium business space um, on the security front. Um, as as those insurance requirements change, the business have to adapt to that. And and that's probably really quite difficult to keep tabs on, um, especially for an MSP, MSSP and SME. But we're talking with you. Obviously, I'm really grateful that you've uh, come on. But where does your passion for this topic come from? Yeah, you know, what what the real opportunity for us is, is a, as, as somebody who cares about our customers, cares about businesses out there and, and also cares about the other people in our industry. Um, it's become a watershed moment where um for years, we've been talking to our clients about security. For years, we've been talking about our peers in the industry about security. And sometimes it can be really hard to make progress. You've got these small businesses who go, I understand you want me to spend more money and you want to make my life more complicated and turn on MFA and do all these things. But why? Why should I do that? It's just you're a, you're a propeller head and you're all excited about this stuff, but I don't see the need. Um, and, you know, between many factors, obviously, the news coverage we're getting for all these, you know, attacks. And I think a real bellwether event was that Colonial Pipeline. There was a lot of business owners who all of a sudden stood up and went, oh, this could affect me. Um, but these cyber insurance questionnaires are, are becoming a, a moment in time where we as as practitioners and, and, and those of us as business owners and people in the industry can go, yes, this is this is getting more serious. And what's great is it's changing the conversation instead of it being you know, us propeller heads saying, hey, these are the important things. The the crazy hackers you see in the movies are going to do things. It changes it from that conversation to um, businesses asking, why did my cybersecurity insurance questionnaire go from five questions four years ago to 150 questions today? And what mm -hmm. are these questions? We have all this stuff covered, right? We're doing these things. These are what responsible people do. And they're starting to recognize what the insurance companies are trying to catch up with, which is, you know, insurance is 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 just organized, you know, legal professional gambling, right? They're just taking the odds of whatever it is, um, you know, your life insurance. They've got an actuarial table and they know that 
40-year-old male who doesn't smoke and is reasonably healthy and has this this class of job and drives this kind of car has this sort of life expectancy and they're they're betting on that just like in Vegas hey I'm, these are the odds we're willing to put this much money down and if we do that enough times the odds are we're going to make money over the long term they have really clear data for that they don't have that for small businesses because there's too many variables there's too many um, question marks and so they're desperately trying to build a set of variables so that they can build a database and say we can quantify our risk. But that's a beautiful moment for us because we can go to our customers and go, they're trying to quantify your risk. Do you understand your risk? Do you understand why they're asking all these questions? Do you understand why they want you to be doing security awareness training and have logging and have MFA and have all these variables? Um, It's this opportunity where all these things are coming together, where the businesses are starting to see their risk the insurance companies are confirming that risk because they're asking questions that make the business owners uncomfortable. Um, they're asking the insurance questioners are asking for things we've been trying to sell and talk to them about for, for years. And so it's this perfect opportunity to combine all those things into um, an opportunity to mature our customers and their cybersecurity um, approach and their defensibility. And so, and so this standardization, it's probably a little more reassuring for a business because I, I imagine a small uh, medium sized business wants certainty um yes costs may be higher that not never 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 good news but 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 certainty and and i suppose we could contrast this with perhaps i don't know the world of uh you know famous singers that ensure their voices now that's a one-time sure. deal they they get a broker to go to an underwriter they say hey i know this wonderful singer i'm going to insure a voice for a few million dollars that in a way is where the industry was it, it, it was all piecemeal all all mm, on this basis this approach so I, I guess they're clamoring for standardization what can we say to them you know is it happening that's that's one of the bigger challenges that we have which is every questionnaire is different um, each insurance company, each underwriter has a different questionnaire. And some of these questions are um, are really challenging because they are vague. Hey, have you had a pen test in the last year? This is mm. a question you'll see often. Well, a pen test, does that does it qualify if I have a $20 remote IP scan or if I have a $20,000, you know, active pen test, including physical security testing? Like, what do you mean by did I have a pen test in the last year? So some of these questions are are not always helpful. And sometimes that's where the questionnaires become very problematic is it can feel like maybe the insurance companies are trying to also hedge their bet of, if we ask you enough questions, you're gonna answer wrong on one, or you're gonna not answer correctly on one of them. And then when we go to payout, maybe maybe there's a debate about whether we're liable for the payout. Um, that's the cynical view and, and is, is definitely a real challenge in the industry. I think the optimistic view is they're asking good questions and we as businesses and pra- practitioners, let's have good answers. Let's have this thought through. Um, and I, I think I think there's a desire in the industry to see this move to a standard sort of variables. I think we're a few years away from that. I, I personally would love to see something like a CIS 18 or a NIST cybersecurity framework. And I know in, in you know different parts of the world, there's different frameworks and standards, but I'd love to see um, some level of, Hey, I, I have a verifiable execution of, um, you know, the cybersecurity framework, and here's here's my documentation that that counts as something towards that, and that these questionnaires start to fit a little bit more into the framework 
so that we're not only um, working against the same scorecard, but we're also encouraging that um, that education where customers and businesses all go, oh, the government, there's all, all kinds of groups who put a lot of thought into the proper way to defend about these things, right? The, the cybersecurity framework is there to help us approach this in a very structured manner. So let's make our questionnaires fit that mm-hmm. framework. And then everybody's working towards the same thing. We're all working on the same syllabus, so to speak. And I can see why that might be, you know, a, a good opportunity for an MSSP because you can provide risk intelligence. You can uh, do do proper risk ass- assessments for your for your for your clients. Um, it also, you know, is good for you because you could determine whether this is a client you you actually want. Are they too risky for you? <laughs> sure. um, but 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 I wonder uh, if, if should MSSPs or MSPs out there fear this because uh, you mentioned you know have you had a pen test it's a very nebulous question surely that's something that an mssp doesn't want liability for um is is there, are there some downsides to to uh, this sort of nebulous approach uh, there absolutely are and i think some of that's that's yet to be determined i think we've seen some in the states we've seen some laws passed that um are starting to in fact in the last couple of months there was a law passed that said hey um, originally, traditionally, those forms were filled out by the business owner. And even if they pulled in their MSP to fill out the form, the owner was responsible for whatever happens. Hey, if you're the business owner, your company's cybersecurity is your fault. There's starting to be a broader liability conversation that I, the government's facilitating that says, hey, if you've got an MSP and you get breached, they've got some liability in that, which I think it's hard to determine and define, but it's probably the appropriate place to go because we're the people with the expertise. And so we should have some some level of engagement in there. And, and obviously, I don't want that liability as a business, but I also understand that mindset. And that's how I approach my work is I, you know, regardless of the legal perspective, I, I personally feel liability for my customers. Mm. I lose sleep over their security. That that keeps me up at night. That's a that's an important part of that that agreement I have with them when I look them in the eye and say, yeah, we're going to help you with your technology. I don't want them to be, you know, in court or in, or in a breach or any of these scenarios. So I think um, the legal side of it is going to have to slowly break down uh, over time and be defined. And I do think there will be some challenges there. I've seen some questionnaires that start to ask questions about your MSP. Hey, do you have an MSP? Are they using multi-tenant tools? Okay. That might be a problem in the future because you know, some of these partners are introducing risks to their customers because they aren't taking the right approach. And so I think um, to steal a, a phrase from my buddy, Matt Lee, I think we have to do everything with the defensibility mindset. And that mm-hmm. idea of defensibility is, is the, are the decisions I'm making defensible in court? Can I go in front of a jury of my peers and say, I did a reasonable effort? And they may go, well, you you said yes, you did a pen test on this, but you didn't have a twenty thousand dollar you know physical security test. Well, it's a twenty five person you know law firm that doesn't have a main office; they all work from home. And we did you know a couple thousand dollar pen test with some off the shelf tools to do a good job. Here's the report. Here's the reasonable due diligence we've done. Here's the exams we've done. Here's the the variables we've we've put into this, the effort we've put into this, and hopefully over time that there's some logic that 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 perseveres of you can prove reasonable effort if you can you know prove that sort of thing and i think that's where these frameworks come into effort you know a, a good framework's not just a hey i went and did my cybersecurity framework scan a good framework says i have these policies and procedures and there's ongoing steps 
And I think that all builds into this mindset of defensibility. If you end up court, hopefully you in court, hopefully you've got enough data to say, hey, here's all the reasonable steps I took. You know, this is an act of God. This was some crazy threat actor with a zero day who exploited some, you know, some crazy social engineering and, and there was nothing else we could do. We had the right things in place. We caught it as quick as we could, but sometimes things happen. Uh, that would be, I think, our approach is we want as much as possible to get to that place. Um, I do think we as 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 service providers are going to have to be quicker to fire clients. Hey, you've got to do MFA. Yeah, we're not quite sure about that. Great. You need to find another provider. And you know, we need to have table stakes and business, basic minimums that we're just not willing to do business without because we can't we can't justify our decisions if we don't have those standards. And, and I love the, the, the phrase reasonableness, because in, in, a, in a way... It, it does come down to that, doesn't it? Because no, no matter how much insurance you have, th th this could become a legal issue. And if it were a legal issue, reasonableness is a big consideration. But yes. let me let me throw in a spicy headline grabbing term that perhaps sure. uh, people will be worried about. Nation state actors. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of talk about maybe insurance not covering activity and the onus being on you to prove it wasn't a nation state actor. Is there any truth to that? Should people factor that in? I, I mean, you have to factor that in. That's a that's a stated part of policies now. And 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 the challenge with that policy is who's who who defines who that threat actor is working for? Me as an insurance company to go, I mean, this is a big threat actor. They're taking out a lot of our clients. We're gonna just decide they're they're North Korea. It's North Korea doing it. They may be right. They may have some evidence, but I don't know that there's a international tribunal of attribution of threat actors. You know, there's no 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 governing body to approve that. Um, I think I think you have to approach that um, back to that reasonable standard, that defensibility. It's reasonable to have cyber insurance. It's probably reasonable for them to say there's some things that we're just not going to cover. And then us as service pra practitioners need to say. I need to have reasonable protections in place. And I, I think if you look at a lot of the threat, uh, you know, the attacks um, that have happened, the majority of, of the threat actors are lazy. They're looking for low hanging fruit. They're looking for, you know, oftentimes when you read these stories, it's it's simple things that are left undone. Oh, there's not antivirus on this endpoint. And you didn't have MFA on. And you left the port opening. You didn't patch a critical vulnerability. And, you know, it's usually a stack of, of decisions, which is why this idea of frameworks is important. Are you are you regularly going through and checking the locks? Because if you leave a door unlocked, you're in trouble. And I, so I think we have to approach it as, um, you know, you could do whatever you want. And, and you know, here in Colorado, every once in a while we get a tornado. I could do everything I did could to keep my, my house safe. But if a tornado hits, a tornado hits. Um, you know, I mean, it's just a, it's it's a thing. And so I think you just do do your best. I think you try to check all the boxes. I think you try to keep all the doors locked. Um, and God forbid you get to that point where you do get attacked and somehow they've got a zero day and exploit some unknown thing and your insurance company decides to pull that. That's for the lawyers to decide. There's nothing else for you to do at that point. So, And so... I'm hearing maybe, maybe this is just me inferring this, there's a, an additional skill set that an MSSP is going to need. Maybe not uh, an in-house insurer, right? But maybe just, I don't know, when, when people say, oh, engineers need to, quote unquote, no business, I think that's a little lazy. But if we unpack it, that technical acumen combined with business acumen, it says to me that at least an appreciation 
of insurance. Uh, they don't have to go and become chartered or get some funny insurance <laughs> qualification. But 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 I wonder, like, you, you know how some small MSPs are tremendously happy that they have a CISSP on staff? Well, I don't know. Like, are we going to see the business risk expert bundled in with the MSSP of tomorrow? I think so. I mean, I think there's a lot of... Um... A lot of businesses, you know, sometimes the security person in larger organizations has trouble having a voice at the table. Hey, I'm the security guy. And I was like, ah, oh, you're just against everything. You're just the negative guy. And um, I think in big business, that could be a real problem. There's a bunch of people driving the business forward and then the security guy is the blocker. Um, I've seen some businesses have a lot of success where that security guy is a risk officer rather than a security officer. Because all of a sudden they go, oh, you're in charge of risk. Okay. Um, now... We're interested because we want to make sure we understand our risks as a business. So maybe he's talking about risks beyond security, but maybe that security department ends up in the risks department. Might give it a little bit more authority because sometimes security also gets stuffed under the CFO or the CIO or the CTO, and they're told to, to not get in the way too much. They might have a little bit more power under the risk officer. They might have a little bit more authority, a little bit of, you know, and that's in a you know larger org structure. I think for those of us who are doing um, service providing, I think those are the conversations you need to be able to have is let's talk about risk. Let's and I, and I think that that's really valuable too because sometimes us Uber nerds get a little bit myopic. We get excited about the new technology and we think about, oh man, the super duper threat actors and we got to go, you know, take care of this new memory exploit and 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 they're really just catching open ports on your on your on your public network. And so that risk officer should also have that pragmatic approach, which I think is critical. Um, you know, the, the relationship between service providers and insurance companies is complicated. There's a lot of regulation around insurance. And so we always have to walk a very fine line. And I think that will, will continue. But I've seen some interesting pairings, uh, pairings of, hey, this insurance company um, works with this uh, security solution and if you're properly configured on this security insurance, they're giving you a discount. And I'm curious to see if there's more of those things where there's insurance companies that are vetting service providers or vetting um, security stacks and saying, if I can, if you can give me the right reporting, I trust you and your reporting, I will then give a better rating or more likely to insure your customers in that scenario. And so I think, I think though that ability to quantify risk, to quantify your um your your security posture is is going to be something that becomes more and more valuable over time not just insurance companies the other place we're seeing this to kind of give you a little bunny trail is it was insurance companies we're starting to see it with banks and especially with 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 financing firms pe firms venture capital firms they're going hey you're a 150 million dollar company i'm about to give you another 50 million dollars your cybersecurity is the biggest risk to my 50 million dollars can you justify your cybersecurity and so that's the other place we're starting to get these same questions is, can you justify that you have a defensible approach to your cybersecurity before we give you this money? Um, it's the same set of questions, same desire to quantify risk, to eliminate risk. Um, so I think we're just going to see a lot of need for us to, be able to improve our ability to um, communicate what we're doing to address that risk. Love it. Defensibility and reasonableness. 
I think I think we can't go wrong with with at least those approaches. Obviously, it's much more complicated, but I think I think that's 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 a nice way of framing it. So I'm looking forward to welcoming you on the fourth of May for the annual MSS Phoenix Virtual Forum. Um, obviously, Arizona growing economy, and you know, great to uh, to sort of be back. Loads of local supporters. Um, are, what are you going to be talking about for that session? Um, I I know we've discussed a lot of insurance topics, but uh, but I wondered what would your message be. I think part of our message will be to give you a pragmatic approach to what they're asking on the questionnaires, really break down what they're after, um, talk about kind of the, the the topics that are coming up on these questionnaires, because that that ends up being the real challenge is how to, okay, I understand the theoretical idea of, of security and quantifying risk and all these things you talked about. But today I have a questionnaire that's due in two days. What does this mean? And how do I make sure that the next one I get, I'm a little better prepared for? So we're going to, we're going to talk through a lot of what they're looking for and maybe spend a little bit of time breaking down each each little section why they want it why it's important to you or your customers to be covering whatever the the questionnaire is asking for what what is the questionnaire what risk is the questionnaire trying to address with each question and we'll break that down for y'all perfect well Nathan, thanks very much for joining us. We're looking forward to the 4th of May and many other uh, opportunities. This has been great to look at insurance for today's MSSP and MSP. Um, I, I look forward to seeing you very soon. Thank you very much. For more MSS content, please visit mssnetwork.com.